Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Is time crawling by? Are you stuck in a thought loop? Do you keep checking and rechecking the weather app on your phone? Are you having nightmares about getting lost? That can only mean one thing. It's one week to go to your marathon and you're losing your mind a little bit. Whether it's your first or your 50th, whether you're in great health or praying your niggle magically disappears, everyone needs some advice for race week. Where you get it from is crucial. Don't take it from me, take it from the greatest of all time. Sonia O'Sullivan, Ireland's greatest track athlete ever, is here to set your mind at ease, empathise and suggest that you might be missing something small or forgetting something small in the lead up to the Dublin City Marathon or whatever marathon you are training for wherever you are in the world. Sonia, it is always great to have you here. Does race week get any easier or harder over time is my first question. Well, I think, you know, when you're getting ready for a marathon, it's kind of escalated greater than anything else. It's not just any race week. This is like the race week. It's the mm. one, you know, that people have been focused on for such a long time. And it's kind of one of those things. I suppose everybody, whether consciously or subconsciously, in the back of their mind knows that if this doesn't work out, it's not like I can go the following week and go again. Mm. Uh, so there is a bit of a, fear about the whole thing a bit of a nervousness um but you know i think the, the tendency i suppose people are tapering they're taking it easy they have a bit more time on their hands they're trying to relax a bit more trying not to do things that normally keep them busy and all of a sudden there's way too much time to be overthinking everything mm-hmm. and really i think you know you just have to think about all the good long runs that you've had all the good sessions that you've had leading into this and you never really thought too much about those so you know I think to try and normalize things and keep things as simple as possible is probably the best advice that you can give to anybody Um, and maybe to just prepare early in the week so if you're going to be packing your bag or even if it's packing your bag the night before for what you need the next day or whether you're actually going away and having to travel um try and do that early make sure you've got everything you need early and that you don't end up running around looking for something on the day before the race and mm. yeah i mean the main thing is you know you've worked hard for this so you know, to enjoy it i mean it's gonna you, know, you have to realize that you want to do this and when you start in the start line you gotta think okay i'm about to find out why i put in all that hard training now mm. and uh you know to to make sure that it was all worthwhile I had a little watch of the video that previews the route of the Dublin City Marathon, a 12 minute kind of tour guide version of it with our friend Mick Clossy leading a lot of the race that they show us. It is just (laughs) such a long distance. That was my first thought when they got to 12 or six minutes in this video and they were like, "Uh, you're now at the 13 mile mark. (laughs) It's just like this is bananas. Can that sometimes be something that is dawning on you, even though you've you've probably got a much greater concept of long runs and all the rest of it. But when you see it planned out, is watching a video like that a good idea or a bad idea? Because it certainly reminded me of exactly how hilly this run is. 
Oh, it's not very hilly. I've done no. it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it really isn't very. No, it's no? not hilly at all. No, there may be one hill in there, I think, near Crumlin Children's Hospital out that way. Hmm. I can remember a bit of a hill and maybe there's one by Belfield on the way back in. But no, it's kind of rolling. It's 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 nothing, nothing too bad at all. And I think the key is to break it down into small pieces, manageable pieces. And whether that's 5K or 10K, you know, I think small enough, but not too small that there's too many. So if you're in 5Ks, then you're doing, you're looking at eight blocks, 10K, four blocks. So, you know, I think you can break it down into when you're going to have a drink, if you're carrying gels, when you're going to have a gel. Um, and maybe little landmarks along the way are people who are going to come out and cheer for you. That you get them to be plant them in places that, you know, it's important. It's where you might need a lift or a boost. Um, but the main thing is to just relax and to, you know, not get too excited, not get too carried away at the start and to just settle into, you know, your pace as soon as you can. You know, there's thousands of people out there. You know, you got to go your pace and hope that there's other people around you who want to go your pace too. And mm-hmm. then you form a little pack and then you all run along and you work together and, you know, hopefully stick together for as long as possible. Well, I cast the net out to our loyal listeners over on Strava and in a little WhatsApp group of uh, the squad that went to learn for the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. And we got some great voice notes back in from different members. I'll try and get through as many as I can with tips, best of luck, people that have run it, people that have raised some interesting topics and whatever situation you find yourself in listening to this. If you are one of those people that I mentioned at the start who has a little niggle that they're hoping goes away or is having the reality dawn on you that Sunday may not happen for you. There is a voice note for you coming up later on the show. Sonia, you're back uh, in America at the Union Athletics Club at Nike HQ in Portland. How does it feel to be back over there? So, yeah, I suppose like every time I move, it takes a little bit of time to settle back in again and to kind of find your place. You know, it's you don't just come back and pick up where you left off. You know, you really do have to, I suppose, find your routine again. And um, we're not fully back training here yet. So I came back a little bit early. I had to go to some meetings in Las Vegas of all places. How was which, that? Um, it was nice for the sunshine, but uh, yeah, the rest <laughs> of it was the yeah. It's a bit um, it's a bit like um, New York, but worse. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> the, the sensory overload around the lights and yeah, it's just hard to figure the whole place out. A lot of people there, um, lots of crowds, and then you know the casinos that you invariably you have to walk through them every now and then it's very hard to avoid them and if you try and take a shortcut you just get lost so you're best to try and stay outside and just walk around all these buildings but they're not it's not made like that they just keep directing you into places there's no clocks anywhere you go inside in this building with a massive eiffel tower and the ceiling is like a blue sky with clouds. <laughs> it's just so just disorientating. Yeah. But it, you're not a gambler yourself. You, you, you didn't play the slots. You didn't even roll some dice. No, I had no, I would have no idea. I mean, I'm rolling the dice. Like we walked past, I was with one of the other coaches here and we walked past one of the tables 
and there was big cheers. We thought, oh, what's a bit of excitement here? What's going on? <laughs> but there was just so much movement, you know, there was, they were sweeping up these chips and I don't know, it was hard to, and like people, they're not together and I don't know, I couldn't work it out at all. I mean, I probably need to go with someone who actually knows what they're doing and they'd have to over-explain the whole thing to me. <laughs> or maybe it's just pure luck. Maybe there's no thinking involved at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is a, there's someone who believes there's a system to some of the games, but you uh, have been there before to uh, New York Only Worst, which is the slogan that they put on all the signs for Vegas. <laughs> you ran there uh, <laughs> while you were at university. Is that really a thing? Is that really a thing? Yeah? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> It's like somebody said to me that Navin is the uh, Las Vegas of Meath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the track that you ran at, though, you posted uh, that you still hold a record at the track. Were you surprised to see your name up on the board? Did you know that such a board existed? Um, I had no idea. No, <laughs> I mean, it, the place, it looks like a building site. You know, they're still building, you know, it's just... There's a lot of stuff going on at the university and I saw when I was driving in from the airport that there was a track and I knew could see where the university was. And OK, well, that's probably the best place to go for a run because everywhere else was just, you know, stop start at the traffic lights. And hmm. so I, I headed out and I thought, well, the worst thing, I'll just go and run a few laps at the track, um, which I did and which is not the worst thing. <laughs> it's actually quite enjoyable. And then while I was there, I noticed that there was a a board with all the records for the school, the University of Las Vegas, and then there was a board with the track records. And yeah, I I I, I did remember I had run it in Las Vegas before, and I was after telling somebody this story, and um, then I thought, oh, I wonder who's run here since. So I went to have a look, and yeah, maybe they don't ha haven't had very many track mates. Since I was there in, in 1990 was when I was there and ran 417.0. Um, what I remember most about that race, I'm pretty sure it was my personal best um, at the time. But when the race started, I remember I fell within like the first 20, no. 30 meters. <laughs> yeah. That includes a fall. There should be an asterisk uh, no. next to it that says that. No, but they, what, how, how I remember it, they actually, in America, if you fall within the first 100 metres, I think, they call you back. No and way. then they restart. Yeah. They oh, restart the race. That's very sound. <laughs> <laughs> so you fell, they didn't call you back, you got up and ran on? No, no, they called us back and we started again. Oh, wow, that's yeah. extremely decent. I know the UN, UNLV running rebels from the basketball and uh, Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman were a couple of fellas I looked up to who would have been there at that time in 1990. And I often wondered, worst possible place for athletics to take place is essentially the Earth's core. There's temperatures out there. Do you remember it being oppressively hot and thinking, how the hell does anybody train out here? Um, well, when we were there racing, it was April time. So I think that was probably an OK time to be there. Like, I think last week when I was there was an OK, okay time as well. Like, it was hot, but it wasn't too hot. Hmm. Um, and it was actually really pleasant running because there was no humidity. It was a really dry heat. So you just felt good running. It was it was nice. Um, but I'm sure that's a very short lived throughout the year. Um, well, because... Sure, the temperatures get pretty hot there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the temperature and weather conditions have been on the tip of everybody's tongue who's going to Dublin this weekend. Uh, I don't know how many messages and posts I've seen about what's is what's the rainfall looking like? What's the radar saying now? Because since moving home, I only realized exactly how unpredictable these things and uh, tend to be over here. Uh, that you can get four different opinions on the same uh, point in the week that will change completely within 24 hours. Uh, It also raises the question of, you know, if it is warmer, uh, as it was yesterday, for example, uh, last Sunday was 18 degrees I measured outside. If you are planning on wearing the gloves like Sonia did when she ran it, Uh, you can get caught out. And you've talked about this before, just wearing too much, wearing too little. Getting caught out is the fear that a lot of people have. But the wall is equally connected to that. It is a subject that comes up time and time again. Even people that know nothing about running will say to you, have you hit the wall? How do you feel about the wall? Paula Bradshaw got in touch uh, with this voice note. Uh, And this might tee you up, Sonia, to address this question once and for all. Hi, Charlotte. Um, yeah, absolutely. This week does play with your mind. But there's a good question in um, the Irish man running a broad Strava group about how to avoid hitting the wall or does everybody hit the wall or those who don't hit the wall, what do they do to avoid hitting the wall? And we all know don't go out too fast. Make sure you have got nutrition on board and stuff. But is there anything else? If you've trained to paces and you you know you've trained to that pace and you go out at that pace and you and you conserve and you have nutrition is there still a chance of hitting the wall so i think if you pop into that strava group that's a good question um maybe um from paddy doyle i think yeah well i actually saw the question from paddy doyle so then i went and i did a little bit of a investigation to see where he was at and um what kind of training he's been doing and you know what targets he's possibly aiming for and um, I think if you're realistic with the training that you've done and what you can actually run in the event, then you can avoid the wall. I think the wall is a kind of an 80s thing. I think it's old. I don't think people don't really talk about it so much anymore. I think it's people have overcome it and they've realized that if, if you train properly, and you understand what you're capable of, then it's unlikely that you're going to hit the wall, that you just have to balance your effort throughout the race. And of course, it's going to get hard. It'll get hard for everybody. But I think if you can get yourself kind of, I suppose, over 20 miles, then it's a bit of a countdown then. I'm heading back into the city and towards well, the finish line. And let me just, jump in there, Sonia. What if you know you haven't trained properly and, and you're going, <laughs> I'm a prime target for the wall. The wall is coming for me. There's plenty of people that have been in touch to say their training hasn't gone to plan, but they're still going to run it. Is there anything you could tell those people? Um, well, don't expect too much. Um, <laughs> um, definitely you know you have to reduce the expectations and you know find a way that you're going to actually get around there in one piece and not be totally in bits afterwards because mm. you know you don't want it to be an uncomfortable experience I mean I think everybody should find a way of doing it without you know really 
beating themselves up too much because it's not worth that. Um, yeah. I mean, if what what do you think would be lacking training? Long runs or sessions oh, well. or? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that some when those people or look, those people, I was one of those people when it came to our race up in Larne. I knew it in my heart. You know it in your head. I haven't got this. I'm I'm not where I need to be. And I think that that's probably the psychological part of, as you say, the wall is kind of an old concept that people seem to have been able to train past the concept. But it's still, if you're not ready, it can be in your head that there's going to be a wall of pain on the way and I might not get through it. One person who actually said a very interesting voice note about this very subject was Noel Carr, who's been in touch before. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, everyone in the Irishman Abroad Running Club. Noel Carr here. I'm disappointed not to be joining you all in Dublin this weekend, especially for the crack afterwards. I have two marathons under the belt, both in Tralee in 2013 and 2015, where I did not know any better, but I did manage to get a couple of things right, but also got a couple of things disastrously wrong. Here are my top do's and don'ts from those experiences. Do turn up in plenty of time and check beforehand where the race is starting. In 2015, I turned up at the Aquadome, the starting point of the 2013 marathon, to find a place deserted. Thankfully, though, I managed to hitch a lift up the town and eventually found the start with minutes to go. So this week, do eat two dinners a day with loads of carbs and cooked vegetables. Do drink lots of liquid this week before lunch, but then taper off so you're not getting up during the night. Don't carry your drink bottle for the first five miles. Instead, have a family member waiting with electrolyte drink at pre-agreed points. Don't do a warm-up run from home to the start of the marathon, even if it's only one mile. You need to conserve all your energy. Don't decide in the first mile just because you feel good to go with the eight-minute mile pacer if your training was for eight minutes 30. I can assure you that after 16 miles, you will crash and burn like I did, making for a long, lonely, hobble jog from Fina back to Tralee. So my key message is go slow, slow in the first half of the race, no matter how you feel. So good luck to all the members. I hope the weather is kind to you and that those of you running all get around in a PB. And if not, well, hopefully you will make it back to the finish in one piece safely. Take care. I mean, a bunch of really good points there, Ray, Sonia. Which one do you want to go after first? Because I'm sure the fueling is one that people would might agree with and might disagree with, Nolan. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't eat too much this week. I think if you're running less, then you're automatically eating more um, if you keep your diet the same. Um, I think people can tend to overeat and, you know, it's about three to four hours for most most people probably. I think the peak of when people come in is somewhere between three and four hours. And you just, you don't actually burn up that much energy. You're not a lot of people are not running fast enough to be burning that much energy than efficiently. So I think you just have to fuel enough, but not too much. Drink enough, but not too much. <laughs> and, yeah. and not worry, you know, you should be in a position where you don't have to worry about running out of fuel for the first half of the race. There's some way that you can, whatever you eat on the day before on Saturday, that that will get you through the first half of the race. Whatever you if you have something on the morning of the race, that will get you through without having to stop. Like, that's the thing is nobody wants to stop out there and you don't need to stop. 
you shouldn't need to stop. You should be, you know, if you if you've gotten through your training sessions, just the adrenaline adrenaline alone will you know shut the systems down and focus everything on the effort that you're putting in mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't change too much you know what you've been eating um i mean i i know a lot of the athletes they experiment on and off with um you know carbo loading towards the end of the week and no carbs early in the week so that your body is then craving it but if you haven't practiced it, then, you know, it's, it's, there's a risk in all this stuff because you haven't done it before. So mm. I'd be very careful with that. I mean, I think, you know, for the pace that most people are running, it's, you're really just going to be out there for a long time. And as long as you can grab a drink out there, then you'll be fine. You really don't need to eat that much on the run. It's, it's not cycling where you do need to eat when you're on the bike. Um, and I think you just have to not worry about it too much, you know. I mean, I don't think and people don't really run out of fuel unless they're operating at a very high level. And for most people running the marathon, you're in this zone that you're kind of you're running. You're not burning that much energy because you're not going that fast. So you're just maintaining a level of consistency throughout the race. Hmm. And I suppose the thing is that the more well-trained you are, the more efficient you will be in doing that. And I mean, the key is when you start to run, you know, it, it's one of the few races where you don't really race off the line, you know, like you would in a 10K or a 5K. People will just set off and they just run along. And you will find there's like hundreds of people running past you. And it's kind of, it can be hard to get your head around that. How can so many of these people be going so fast? And, you know, most of them, they're not really banking time. They're not banking time early because they're definitely going to pay back later on if they go too fast early. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point that you do see this, uh, this wash of people at the start of one of these races. And if they're, if you have any doubts at all in your mind over the pace that you should be running it, uh, it must play hell with your mind. I'd imagine that uh, having a race plan is so essential. Sounds so trite to even say this, but do you have things that you've written down even on you as a person if you this is one of your first marathons or a mantra? People have talked about a race mantra to uh, have a kind of a go to phrase. Have you what would be your opinion of that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people will write down the pace that they're going to go. And I think you're better off if you look at something like where you, what kind of time you're going to be at for 5K. Hmm. Because the first mile is automatically going to be a bit too fast. It's all going to be all over the place, the first 5K. But if you can settle down into the first 5K at the pace that you need to be going, then I think you're off to a good start. So I think if you know around what time you need to be at 5K, at 10k and you just focus on that then you're going at like you know 20 something minute blocks as you go so it gives you enough time to to balance the effort if there's undulations on the course that you know they you spread the effort throughout that you take advantage of the downhills and you you know go steady on the uphills um and realize that it's okay you know to to take it easy on the uphills you don't need to really go after it there but you can go with the gravity on the downhills 
and get yourself we've, back up pace again. We've so much to get through in the second half of our discussion, Sonia. I myself have managed to pick up an injury in the last week. Very strange one that I'll talk about in the second half of the show. We also have Laura Langan get in touch. Uh, Jan Tastic, Jack Ryan, Michael Walsh, Elaine DeCourcy. We'll try and hear from Kira Cullen and Winona Grant and loads more questions for Sonia on this crucial week and how to extract the most crack out of the thing. At the end of the day, as Sonia said, you want to do this and you want to enjoy doing it. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irish man abroad to hear the second half of this crucial marathon training discussion one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 